We recall the witness of Martin Luther King Jr. in our season of Epiphany, a model of prophetic commitment to the justice of God revealed in the life and times of Jesus of Nazareth. Please join me in the prayer of illumination. Holy God, author of the word made flesh, to whom belongs both the first word and the last, open us to your spirit, that as scripture is spoken and your word is proclaimed, we may be competent, convinced, and changed. To the glory of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. The prophet models remarkable commitment to God's call on his life to shine a bright light on God's good purposes. Isaiah chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes and they shall prostrate themselves, because the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Pointing to Jesus, John the Baptist says, here is the Lamb of God. Upon hearing this, two disciples choose to follow him as he travels on. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day, he saw Jesus coming towards him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I speak. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. 
And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translates teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Good morning. It is a real pleasure for me to share with you today. I was so excited when Steve texted me late last year to invite me to come and share here at Christ Church. I will forever be grateful for the eight years that I was able to serve here. And of course, it was by Steve's invitation and Christ Church's invitation that I came to New York City in the first place more than 20 years ago. And so to Steve, I'm so excited for you that you get to retire and move forward with your life and the next iteration of yourself. And for Christ Church as well, to see the new things that God is going to do with you, in you, and through you. Beloved, we gather this morning on the heels of baptism, remembering that we have been called to fresh water, healing water, waters of love and truth, justice, community, fellowship, grace, civility, and shared life. We have listened for the sound of our name and heard the affirmation in our hearts that we are the beloved, son, daughter, child of God, in whom God, our maker and creator, is pleased. On this next Sunday following our baptism, we ask ourselves about it. What does it really mean? What does it look like in real time, in the ordinary, day to day? What does it sound like outside of the sanctuary, outside of Sunday morning, our customs, traditions, and rituals? We're drawn to the words of the prophet Isaiah. Listen up, pay attention. The Lord called me before my birth, called my name when I was yet in my mother's womb. The Lord made my mouth like a sharp sword and hid me in the shadow of God's on hand. You see the theme continuing, don't you? The sound of hearing one's name, the affirmation and purposefulness of one's life. No, I am not an afterthought. 
No, I am not the result of a few minutes pleasure. Well, hopefully. No, I did not just arrive on the scene and I have not landed where I have on my own or for no good reason. My steps have been ordered by God and I and you and we and all of us have been on a trajectory for a long time, something beyond ourselves, something outside of ourselves. Do you see how this changes things? How this changes how we feel about ourselves and others and the world in which we live? How might we let these words be the dominant voice in our head, our heart and spirit amid all the other noises and all the other voices amid so much anxiety, fragility, competition, self-loathing, the voice that drowns out every other voice. And I am wondering whether the church, small C and capital C, will be able to rise to this moment, remembering our baptism. How might we think of ourselves differently, our collective work instead of our individual work? What does this moment want to say to us? What does it want to ask of us? What are we being called to do and the light, to be a light to the nations and the salvation of the earth? That's the question the prophet wrestled with. I've been thinking about this on the eve of the celebration of the birth of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Needless to say, King was an extraordinary man, a prophet for our time, who called our nation and world and to a better sense of herself. Though revered by many today, at the time of his death on April 4th, 1968, King's approval rating was far from good. His piercing words unwelcomed. Watching and reading today's headlines, one might imagine what our country was like in the 50s and 60s, let alone before that. Some of us were around. We remember. I remember. Do we dare dream King's dream so much like God's dream for the human race? Do we dare to work toward that day and every way possible as though our lives depended on it? Because of course it does. Our lives, our collective lives, our well-being depends on our sense of shared humanity, a dream in which our posture is not them and us, or us and them because we are them by omission and commission, and my God, they are us, despite our best efforts. And what I like about King is the extraordinary way in which he let his faith, what he believed, guide and dictate the person he was and the person he became. Can we say the same about our faith? I have been thinking about this over and over, the central message of brotherhood and sisterhood, of love and the common good of all people. It was always the underlying message 
that King spoke about as it was with the message that Jesus came to share. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend, he said. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? There is deep down within all of us a drum major instinct, a desire to be out front, a desire to lead the parade, a desire to be first, and it is something that runs the whole gamut of life. We all have it. I know he was right about it. We all have it. We like to be praised. Everybody likes it. We want to be important, to surpass others, to achieve distinction, to lead the parade. But if we're going to be a drum major, we ought to be a drum major for justice, a drum major for peace, a drum major for righteousness. We ought to be the first in love, first in moral excellence, first in generosity, first to help somebody. On the night before he died, King stood before a packed crowd at Mason Temple in Memphis, Tennessee. It was his last public appearance before being shot down on the following day. King was in Memphis, not only to support the cause of civil rights for black people, but to support a strike by poor underpaid sanitation workers, struggling for a livable wage and basic civil and human rights for all people. King said a lot that night. Some say it was as if he was predicting his own death. I've been to the mountaintop and God has allowed me to look over. Something else he said, only when it is dark enough can you see the stars. And I see God working in this period of the 20th century in a way that men, and I'll say women and old people, in some strange way are responding. Something is happening in our world. The masses of people are rising up, and wherever they are assembled today, whether they are in Johannesburg, South Africa, Nairobi, Kenya, Accra, Ghana, New York City, Atlanta, Georgia, Jackson, Mississippi, or Memphis, Tennessee, the cry is always the same. We want to be free. Friends, may we be attuned to the ways in which God may be pushing our buttons pushing us until all people are free and God loves prevails. I may not get there with you, King said, but we as a people will get to the promised land. May it be so. Amen.